0: Today you're listening to episode 229 and I'm down here in Atlanta for the Olympic Marathon Trials talking with the Hoka Ane Ane Northern Arizona Elite men's and women's team. This episode, episode 229, is with the women's team and a little bit of conversation with Coach Ben Rosario. All right, this episode is sponsored by Inside Tracker. A huge thanks to Inside Tracker for supporting this podcast episode, Inside Tracker creates evidence based solutions that are simple, clear, and attainable. You get your blood work done and you get results, and they give you detailed plans for what you should eat and what you should be focusing on to optimize how you're fueling your body. I highly recommend Inside Tracker. I use it myself, and it has been so helpful in deciding how I need to tackle what I'm putting into my body you all can go to insidetracker.com and use the code ANOTHER for 10% off your order. Again, go to insidetracker.com and use the code ANOTHER for 10% off your order. And a big thanks to Omni Hotels for hosting us today for this podcast episode. All right, the Northern Arizona Elite Team needs no introduction, but today I'm talking with Steph Bruce, Alephine Tuliamak, and Kellen Taylor, along with their coach at the very beginning here, Ben Rosario. All right. Well, uh, we're talking to Coach Ben Rosario now. So um, we've got the Northern Arizona Elite Team with Hoka Aneane here. Coach Ben, are you super proud of this team and excited for Saturday?
1: Very, uh, very proud and very excited for the team. Yes, Um, the segment has been great and, you know, it seems like it's flown by in in a way. But uh, but it it really has been a lot of work uh, over the course of the last 12 weeks.
0: Yeah. Um, What's, what's, you always do 12 week cycles, don't you? Not necessarily.
1: It depends on when the previous segment ended and how, you know, you're just working backwards really from, from whatever's to come. But, you know, sometimes it has to be longer because you got to do something, you know, if if the previous segment had ended uh, a ways back. uh, Like, for example, this time around, I think Scott Smith and Steph, because they did Chicago, we kind of had to have a month where they sort of built into that point that was 12 weeks out. So they, I mean, I guess technically have more weeks than the others. Um, but I mean, I thought of it and I think I wanted them to think of it as 12 weeks. It's a little easier to wrap your mind around.
0: Okay. So you have six athletes competing in the trials on Saturday. When you kind of came up with the Northern Arizona elite vision Did you, did you picture being here right now for 2020 with six athletes who all have a great shot at making the team?
1: Well, this is, um, in many ways, my second big entrepreneurial venture. And the first one, we had a really detailed five-year business plan Mm. myself and my business partner and Jen, my wife was very involved in that plan. And we worked so incredibly hard on that business plan, and then we had blown past it in a year. So I kind of learned to um, just be present and work really hard. And I don't think that I remember having a a vision for what 2020 would look like. I can tell you that in general, certainly having super high-level athletes competing... um, For national titles and to make olympic teams was the vision. So I don't know if this is exactly what I would have pictured, but um It's it's very very close
0: Um, this is one of the reasons I love talking to you so much because I have this entrepreneur heart myself So it's always fun to hear your thoughts and ideas And the non-five-year business plan sounds a lot less stressful to me to be honest
1: Yeah, well, I I think that um, I just don't really i'm just not a Mm long-term thinker Um, you know it's just not how I operate. I'm much more, um, much more excited about what's right in front of me. I think, uh, planning to me, uh, I'd rather be, I'm a doer, not Mm -hmm. a planner. Mm
0: -hmm. Same. Yeah. Okay. So let's go through the six athletes real quick. And can you just tell me something that you're proud of or excited about that? Maybe we don't know about that athlete that you've seen come out in them in training.
1: You know, I'm prepped for this because I had a reporter ask me to do a little word about each or one word about each person and then why you know oh uh, dang i'm trying to be different than everyone. Well, else well that was this morning so it's just fresh in my mind um i think the women um uh, i said that you know steph was just such a leader i'm very proud of uh mm-hmm. the leader that she's become on the team and i think in many ways it comes very naturally to her but she um it's it's also it's a it's a it's a burden you know to to have everyone look to you as the leader and and to have so many um, folks from outside asking you questions about the team. And um, she handles it all very, very well. So I'm very proud of her for that. And yet, uh, through all that, she's extremely fit with a great chance to make the team. Um, Kellen is, is super tough, which people always say, but it really is true. And she's had a lot to deal with outside of running this, this segment, uh, more so than I could ever um, remember for her or for anyone on the team, really, quite frankly. So uh, the fact that she's come out the other side and is really ready to go is a testament to her willpower. And Alephine um, is relentlessly positive, and I think that will serve her well on Saturday. It's served her well all segment. And she is, um, just very, very ready to go. So, uh, that would be the women on the men's side. Um, you know, Sid is, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's very, very fit and people maybe don't know that, which is fine with me. Um, I mean, I'm telling you now, I guess, but, um, he, he is an example of believing and not only in the program, but also in himself because his last year didn't go particularly well for a variety of reasons. But look, you know, it's just, it's not like that. You know, there's so many people that want, they want success right away, but it's just not how the world works, not how running works, not how anything works really. Occasionally that happens and people really come into a new program and they, they hit it right away. But, you know, more often than not, it takes time and he was patient and he believed and now all that patience and that loyalty and that belief it's all it's all paying off so very happy about Sid Um, Scott and Scott have been with us for a long time Scott Smith since the very beginning and um, you know his segments we've come to expect uh, that he'll be ready when it counts and even though there's been some hiccups this segment it really hasn't been unlike any other segments for him and uh you know at the end at the end of the segment he had an incredible workout 2 weeks out which is really all he needs at this point you know you just need to know that he's uh fit and ready to go and and he'll perform very well so feel good about Scott and then Scott Fauble, um similar you know he's building quite a resume overall uh, because he's now entering his fourth marathon, so he has a lot of miles under his belt and a lot of experience, um, not just over these last twelve weeks, but over these last two years, and three years, and um, in terms of his marathon career. And this segment was, um, I think, uh, potentially one that could have been, in uh, could have. Um, Could have been sort of pressure-packed because he's coming off the 209, and that's, you know, I guess there's expectation that comes with that, but I don't feel like he treated it any different, Um, and I think he had a really good head about it, and and he knows that he's very fit, and um, I think now he can go into the race much like he's gone into other races, which is less so about um, uh, worrying about the result and more so worrying about how he's going to attack the race, and then the result will be... um, Uh, a byproduct of that. Um,
0: Let's talk about Hoka really quick and you have a new sponsor, the Rudy Project. I just want to give you the opportunity to give them a shout out for all their support for the team.
1: Yeah, we, we, well, thank you. Uh, Of course, Hoka is what makes this all possible. They, they've been with us since 2015 and their support is um, comprehensive and allows us to do everything that we do, but I'll, I mean, just a quick example. I mean, some of the things that we've done in preparation for this race, going to Orlando with four of the athletes beforehand to get ready for heat and humidity and acclimate to the East coast time zone. Um, you know, bringing Alice ride and Rory Linkletter out here to cheer just as a sort of a gift to them for, uh, their loyalty and, and, and how well, um, or how, you know, how, um, They've been such great teammates, and so we want to reward that for them. Uh, We brought some of our board members out here. Those things aren't possible without funding, you know, and that funding comes from Hoka. Uh, Rudy Project has joined, and now we get a good amount of funding from them as well, which is uh, really nice. Um, They also have wonderful sunglasses that we'll be wearing on Saturday. But I think more than that, they're a good partner for us because— uh, they believe in what we're doing. Uh, their sports marketing manager, Chris Lupo, is a big fan of the team and um, we have the kind of relationship that I wanted out of a or that I want out of a partner. Uh, it's not just here's a check and um, hopefully you guys do well. It's here's a check. and what can we do that's really super cool. And we've already been doing some interactive things with them and with our fans. and so um, I think they'll serve as a good template moving forward for other potential sponsors down the line.
0: That's so awesome. Yeah. You guys, honestly, you do such a good job, um, bringing awareness to your sponsors.
1: Thank you. Well, they, they do a good job for us. So it's only right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, where will you be on Saturday on the course?
1: I'll be at our official Hoka Cheer Zone. I saw that on your, I'm on your Mile 1 Max Lagers group. is okay. the name of the restaurant. I think I'm saying it right. I don't know how else you would say it. But um, that's uh, at Mile 1, also 9 and 17. But also you see them coming back. So it's really it's really more, it's like 1 and 4 and 9 and 13 and 17 oh, and 21. Dang. You know, So we'll be able to see them six times from that spot. And then you can very easily run, walk from there to the finish. So... I don't know why I just wouldn't go there. It's going to be the best place to be. So I hope others join us. Okay.
0: I'll be there. Okay. Because I have a a bunch of girlfriends coming in. We're staying in a big Airbnb tomorrow and um, we don't have no game plan. So I'm going to tell them that's our new game plan. Now you have a game plan. Yeah. Because I was looking at the map trying to figure out where to be around. So you'll see everybody at 17. That's... Is that the last time you'll see him? No, I mean, the I think,
1: at, well, that's when they're heading out on Peachtree. Then as they come back, I'll see them again at 21.
0: Okay, so what do you, what does Coach Ben say to different athletes as they come by? Do you have like a key phrase or anything? Uh,
1: I'm just trying to uh, articulate or, or give off the same vibe that I hope they have internally, which is early, being very relaxed. And if I'm saying anything, I hope it's coming off as very confident and relaxed. Mm. Looks good. You're in a great spot beautiful, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then, um, you know, it would only be late that I would be really screaming because that's, what's happening in your head. It's just, just, it's just, <laughs> you're just, um, you're just going, you're just attacking at that point. So, um, some, somewhere in the last four miles, you know, just, just really uh, getting after them.
0: Okay. And lastly, what is your message to the athletes beforehand?
1: Uh, you know, I'm just very confident in them. So I, I think we've prepared well and, uh, we're ready. You know, I, I, I don't, don't really do the rah-rah speech because, I mean, we don't do that throughout the segment, so I'm not going to do Mm -hmm. it now. Uh, We have very hard workouts that are very specific to the marathon. We prepare, we execute those workouts, so it's much the same on Saturday, Um, and we have so much data on our team on our side from years and years of this, and this segment is a culmination of all those segments. And we've incorporated all these things that we know work hundred percent. So we're hundred percent sure that we're ready to go. Um, now this is the fun part. They get to, they get to race and there's a lot of hard decisions to be made. Um, uh, but I can't make those for them. You know, I think we've given them the tools to make those decisions and I'm, uh, of the belief that they'll make the right ones.
0: I love it. Well, thank you for this opportunity and uh, allowing me to interview your team two days before the trials. I just admire everything you're doing and and I like to see, you know, how this goes. So Thank you. Thank you. And I'm glad
1: you're coming to Max Lagers. It'll be fun. I'm coming.
0: Yeah. Okay. Best of luck. All right. Thanks. All right. Well, today we're sitting here with the northern arizona elite team uh hoka ane ane athletes and i'm just so honored that you guys were willing to sit down with me two days before the marathon trials for the olympics so uh thank you so much we've got steph bruce alphine tulumac and kellen taylor here so welcome to the show guys Thanks for having
2: us. <laughs> Thank you. We're excited to be here.
0: Yeah. So um, I just ran into you in the hall, Steph, and you were getting some Chipotle. Uh, how's everybody feeling today? Are you kind of like hiding from the crowds? I know you've done about 972 interviews so
2: far. Um, yeah. I mean, it's there are a lot of people here already, and it's only going to get busier. Um, you know, I'm kind of a uh, an introvert, so... Um, I kind of get from A to B as quick as I can, uh, which is kind of like the race. Um, So that's kind of what I'm doing when I need to go get things. Just go grab it and then get back to where I want to be.
0: I know, I felt like that when I saw you in the hall, stuff. I was like, oh, should I even say hi to her? She's probably like hiding her face and trying to just kind of stay in in the zone.
3: Oh yeah, Alfie and I have this joke, or at least it's my joke. I don't know if you've seen the Bridesmaids movies, Uh but um, when Kristen Wiig is trying to go up into first class, she (laughs) sneaks up and she has like sunglasses on and she's like, they're like, "Um, ma'am, that's not your seat. And she's like, that's not me, I'm Mrs. Iglesias. And she just has like (laughs) incognito glasses. So I was like, I'm just gonna walk around the hotel like with my hood up and be like, that's I'm not Steph Bruce. Nope. That's not me. <laughs> Alfie in the same, right?
4: Not really, no. I am <laughs> I am the one, like I see people, I'm like, hey, how are you doing? And I tend to get late, you know, going everywhere because of that. So it's going to be interesting this weekend because um, I think usually I thrive off of just being on my feet almost if like the whole day you know like a couple days before and just talking to people and then i go to my room and i'm like oh my god i don't have energy i wonder what happened
0: (laughs) i know it has to feel kind of exhausting i mean even just driving from the airport as we were coming in i saw all these athletes that i recognized out running and you're probably just the whole weekend kind of wanting a little bit of privacy but it's like the super bowl of running this weekend you know
3: I mean, I think you just have to remind yourself like this is the fun part. So even though there's that pressure and there's lots of people like it, you shouldn't feel like bogged down. Like, yeah, there are some things like my food came late. So I was like a little uh, pissed off from that, but I'm like, it's not a big deal. I'll get some food later. So little things like that. I think you just have to like remain calm. And if you see people and you feel like chatting, chat. And if you feel like just beelining it to your room, you know, do that too.
0: Yeah, yeah. I was thinking with the Storm of Media interviews, it probably feels like this. Well, let's talk about your training and your team a little bit. You know, the Northern Arizona Elite Group, Ben has done such a good job cultivating a community on social media for your team and I think with that comes a really big fan base so we've seen you all train together and support each other and I'm just curious what it feels like to be here competing individually but with your teammates that you're so close to and anybody can take any question really
2: I mean, I don't know if it necessarily feels a whole lot different than just going to practice and doing our practice. Um, you know, we're at practice and we're helping each other in any way that we can, but still not sacrificing our work mm-hmm. in the process. Um, and, you know, Saturday, the race could go any number of ways, but I know that if needed, I mean, there is no plan in place, but like, I know that maybe I could key off of one of them or they could key off of me if needed. And um, something that's kind of familiar you know something that we had done all segment um, like I said there is no plan but there is that sense of familiarity that I think is pretty valuable when you're kind of stepping up to the biggest stage um, so that's something we have in our pocket
0: yeah I was thinking about that like give each other a little head nod or like a little like you know just kind of not a pat on the back you're not gonna touch each other but you know I was thinking about how that might be helpful when you're in a pack of people to be with your people
2: absolutely and Alphine's a big hugger she might actually hug in the middle of the race is that
3: allowed like are you
2: allowed <laughs> to touch each other I don't know
4: I don't, I don't know I think so I don't know unless we w-
3: file a protest against you but you know I don't Whoa, think do so you do I that? would I'm just saying <laughs> that She's like a that's a nice person I know oh.
4: <laughs> she
0: Alphine, is known for that you gave Natasha Wodak that shout out at the end of the Houston half everybody was talking about that it was like she wrote the nicest post about you that's just what
4: you do that's just me i'm just that cool (laughs) 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 no but like i i was just actually thinking just a second ago like i remember Uh, like 2017 in New York we were running and I wasn't teammates with them yet but they were leading and I'm thinking what are you doing so right now I'm just thinking like if I saw you leading the first six miles on Saturday I'm like I'm gonna pull you back and be like come back here (laughs)
3: Uh, question did we finish ahead of you in 2017? Actually you did so (laughs) never mind
4: (laughs) Well, I I take it back. No that that was a
3: good example because New York was like a really weird year where our race was so tactical. I mean, we were very slow relative for that first 5k. And I think Kellen and I being teammates, it was advantageous because we were kind of like, uh, should we go, you know, we almost like had a little bit of like that, like we were next to each other. And, um, yeah, it makes me think like when Kellen ran New York this year and, there were some big moves made. I imagine if I was in the race, she might've been like, uh, should we keep going with this? Like mm. it feels fast or whatever. So I feel like we'll have a little bit of that if we need, uh, you know, and maybe one of us, cause like in practice I do that sometimes when I'm like, hey, we're good. Like we don't need to run any faster and that might hold someone back, you know, or, or vice versa.
0: Yeah, I'm curious. Why did um, Alfie, why did you do Houston and why did you guys do the rock and roll? What was the plan there?
2: i think it was just personal preference mm-hmm. um i think alifine really wanted to go and race have that race experience run fast um she was kind of coming off of a, a rough year where she had some injuries that popped up and hadn't had the opportunity to race as much as stephanie and i um stephanie and i did us track and you know had that pop in our legs i think still a little bit um and just the race experience but then that's not to say that we went to uh phoenix and wanted to just jog you know we wanted we had a plan in place and we wanted to run marathon effort um, for the first nine miles and then have kind of the sense of a workout where we're picking it up the last four miles and we executed it pretty perfectly so um, did
0: you even care that the course was short
2: i mean yeah we, we cared because you know it would have been a, a big pr for yeah. Steph, um, which is unfortunate and it probably would have been a small pr for me you know but mm-hmm. You can't really say. I mean, you can say it, but can you? Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's one of those right. things. Right? Yeah. Um, did you so. know?
0: When did you know? Like, were you looking at your watch? Oh, did as you know? soon as
3: I, was, we went up nine mile mark, and we when we got to ten, and it split. My watch said four oh five, and I was like, obviously would not <laughs> run a four oh five mile. But I was like, okay, maybe we'll get it back, and then the next mile when it split correctly. I knew the course, I go, we're never getting that back. So it made me think the turnaround must have like been too early with the cone. And then when we crossed the finish line, like I looked at my watch and it said sixty nine fourteen. Uh-huh. And like, I just felt like we felt so in control finishing. I'm like, I like to think we were that in control running sixty nine fourteen. But, you know, we have a very good sense of what we're running. So we were not surprised that that was not our time.
0: Yeah. What a bummer. (laughs) But did you guys feel like you you set out to do what you wanted to do with those races? And you did that give you confidence for this weekend?
2: I mean, absolutely. It was just another, uh, you know, another brick on the wall.
4: Yeah, I think for me, I mean, that was like, what, five weeks ago. Um, It was definitely a good way to start a year. But I don't think that that necessarily have anything to do with today or this weekend, um, I felt like I definitely gained another gear of fitness. So
0: yeah. Okay. So let's talk about training with one another. This is the first marathon buildup that you all three are training for the exact same marathon. You've got to do so many workouts together. Um,
4: what have you learned from one another? Um, we have nothing to say now, huh? Yeah. No. We've, we've been about. with each other a lot. <laughs> Let's just say that. Space to are, you uh, yeah, guess, we we are you sick of each other? I guess, <laughs> are you sick of each other? Remember in
3: the beginning of the Hoka one, we were like sitting right next to each other. and Now we're like, okay.
4: No, uh, I think for They asked for space <laughs> on the couch, you guys. <laughs> I think that um, from a personal standpoint, I feel like I got really close to these ladies, you know, training with them. I don't know if that's something, it has something to do with the fact that we were doing all the hard work together or not, but I remember telling them that I already missed this because it felt like we got so close and it feels like after this, you know, race this weekend that it almost feels to me like we're not gonna be together. We just kinda mm-hmm. weird because we are teammates and we are gonna be together but it was just something different and so special. And um yeah, I just feel like we developed some, you know, like deeper friendships and I got to know Kelly a little more you know like how compassionate she is and how awesome she is I know she doesn't want me to say that but yeah
0: she is she's so quiet about it too she's a humble one yeah I mean hey I guys. imagine <laughs> what I said okay
2: guys that's <laughs> enough
0: no I just imagine I mean I I don't even run near them any as many miles of, as you guys do together with my girlfriends but when I do go run with them we end up talking about you know, really big things in our lives that maybe wouldn't come up elsewhere. And I know when you guys are doing the work, you're doing the work, but there's a lot of miles where you're chilling and it's easy running. Um, so I just imagine you probably learn a lot from one another, you know, I love, and I loved, you know, I, everybody's talking about Kellen's fostering, been fostering and like, that's such a big life moment to do while you're training for the Olympic trials. And, Um, You know, I teared up personally a little bit myself when Steph wrote that super nice post about, you know, when your babies left that morning and then you guys went out there and you still got on the roads and you did work together. Um, So I guess I would just love to hear you guys talk about those pieces of your relationship. It's more than just running with you guys.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's obviously a lot a lot more than running. Um, And I think that's why it works. You know, I think that it's not it's not all business Um, you know we can walk away at the end of the day and you know if we have time we can we can have dinner we can have coffee Um, we can go and talk if we need to talk or do that on the run if we need to do it Um, you know it's 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 special it was special Um, I was asked in one of my other interviews like what one of my favorite running moments was and I said this Mm. you know because it it's so unique Um, we I haven't had the opportunity to do a whole lot of buildups with people, um, so being able to do it with two other women who I trained with here and there um, over the last I don't know five or six seven eight years I don't know um, was it was fun it was it was definitely a unique experience um, but almost all in a good way.
3: Yeah, I found that um, the three of us are, like, so different in many ways, like, in what our daily lives are like, in our approach to running, but it just shows, like, those differences don't mean that you can't get to the same, like, common end goal the same, um, or have, like, a big, like, mutual and utmost respect for one another. You know, like, we make might make fun of Alphine because she is less things to do during the day than Kellen and I, but it doesn't mean that she is any less dedicated. And then she is just very like honest about herself because she'll say, this is what I need. This is what I want to do. And she's like, I complain more than you guys. You know, she's like very (laughs) self-aware. And I think the fact that we just like have honesty among each other, we trust one another. um, We approach, yeah, like how we go into workouts very differently. But it just got to this point where we can like make fun of each other we can call each other out in ways and then still like come back to full circle and be like it's fine and you don't often see that a lot of times with women sometimes and maybe women's training groups don't have that but I think it's like if one of us pisses each other off in a workout we can then get over it or like move past it and be fine the next day Um, and I think that was really unique and rare and yeah I just think we we just learned a lot more more about each other like this whole
4: cycle and what makes each of us tick i think what she's trying to say is that they probably know my whole life now <laughs> so i can't really hide You know all my plans and <laughs> i'm just an open book <laughs> she is a very open
2: book there's yes. been many weird things that she said <laughs> on our run <laughs> like,
4: no need to talk about that
3: <laughs> never, never
2: leaves the run never leaves yeah. the run ladies uh, yeah
3: we had a lot of what happens in <laughs> vegas, stays uh-huh. in vegas um, <laughs> Talks That's what I'm saying when you're on a run with
0: your friends for a long time. like you then you get home and you're like, Did I just say that? Did I
3: just tell them that. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> um
0: well, you mentioned you guys all approach workouts a little bit differently? So who approaches workouts like what? I, something tells me that Alephine shows up, and
2: she's like, let's do it, like super chill about it. Alephine shows up, and she's like, oh, ladies, I don't feel very good today. <laughs> I don't think I can do it. Workout. I don't think I can do this workout. This sounds so hard. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> and then she starts the workout, and like she's like chomping at the bit to just go. <laughs> we're like, we're a mile in. Yeah. Just relax. We have 15 more to go. <laughs> Every workout. Every Ladies, workout, <laughs> I
3: have a little tickle in my throat. I didn't sleep last night. I don't think I'm going to do this. Ten miles later, oh, see you later, Alphine. You just pulled away from me. How's that tickle in your throat? <laughs> I picture Kellen showing up to workouts, just rolling up her sleeves and being like, let's do it. Let's go. Get Kellen it. doesn't do one stride, one drill. She's like, 440 pace? I got it. Out the gates. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, you guys. I need to activate and to mentally prepare for this. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. Oh man. I love
0: that. That's so fun. Um, do you guys think there'll be a sense, we kind of covered a little bit, but do you think there'll be a little bit of a sense of comfort running with one another? Like, are you going to, in the morning, are you going to like meet up and like jog a little bit together? What's the plan? I don't
4: know, I don't are know we? if we discussed not, that not yet. Not tomorrow, <laughs> sa- yeah. Saturday. No, actually, no, I don't think so. <laughs> um, not. no, I'm just being honest. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I think yeah. that we each have our own ways of our getting ready for a race and personally, I like to sleep for as long as I can, and I'm lazy about everything uh, except the race. So um, I think, like, I, I envision like we are in a race, like in the middle of the race, and thinking, oh my God, this is so amazing. I'm here with my two teammates, maybe like they're right next to me or something. I think that would be the time where I would like, you know, for a second, like recognize just how much of a privilege it is that I have two of my teammates racing with me. But before that, I don't know, I don't, I don't see that happening.
2: You're not invited to breakfast. I, I was going to warm no. up with
4: Kellen, but I guess <laughs> that's fine. Well,
2: Stephanie and I may meet up. <laughs> yes. will be sleeping. Yes.
3: <laughs> we've we've done a lot of stuff like we ran USAs like shit on the track, so we've gone to races together. We did New York, so we've we've
4: done a lot, I think of our pre-race together.
0: So uh Alphine's just going to see you at the start line,
4: is what she's saying.
0: Not striding out together and not doing any of that. And
4: even this morning, we were, like, I mean, we planned on running at 10.30. And then at 9, something, I was like, can we meet at 11? 11. I am so sleepy. And (laughs) I'm thinking, (laughs) if you're texting us, you're obviously awake. awake, And then I got stressed (laughs) out about it. And so I woke up. um, I ended up running with them anyway. So it was kind of cool. I'm glad I got up. Peer pressure. That's just Mm. me. I know. That's just me. Like, I... I plan things, and then when the time comes, I'm like, oh, I don't think I I can make it. So I can't even say that we're going to warm up together on Saturday because I know that's not going to happen.
0: You know what my word for the year is? Commit. Because I'm like that, too. A friend will text me and say, "Um, do you want to meet to run in the morning at 6.15? And I'm like... Ooh, can I text you in the morning <laughs> like I don't like I wanted I want to do it but I like I can't commit the night yeah. before what if I don't sleep good what if there yeah. is a tickle in my throat mm-hmm. exactly. you know thank yeah. you you know so <laughs> we've watched you all compete you know at the at world marathon majors um I actually got to see I, well, I got to see Steph on on the course in Chicago a, a ton Um, this past fall, I didn't get to see you in New York because either of you in New York, because I was running way back behind you. Um, and you were done, you know, when I was at mile three or four or something like that. But, um, I'm just curious what the feel is at the trials compared to a major where, you know, you, the Americans are kind of all working together a little bit. It feels like at the majors. Um, and obviously here, like, you're, you're not really trying to work with these women because you're trying to beat these women. So what's, how does that like shift in your brain, I guess?
3: I mean, honestly, it's the first time like you have all of us in the same race. There's some women that I've raced individually, but I'm trying to remember, like there's some women I'm like, I haven't raced Sarah Hall in a marathon. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm trying to like go through and like remember who I've raced, but is so unique because this is the first time, like, it just feels like such an equalizer where we're all coming from having raced each other in 10Ks, half marathons, marathons, and we're all Mm -hmm. now meeting um, in this common ground. And it is, it's just, I don't know, it's the biggest stage. I don't really know if there's another way to describe it.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's pretty amazing, especially now, because US marathoning is so on fire. You know, you look back and I'm like, oh, 2008, that would have been fun. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, we're here in 2020 and there's, you know, a large number of women that are in contention for having those three spots. Um, I think that for me, anyways, it's just taking kind of a similar approach that I would take to a major. Um, I wouldn't say that necessarily key off of Americans per se in those races. Um, So, you know, this won't be any different, Um, just kind of going out and doing your thing and making the moves that you think Mm -hmm. that are right um, or not making them if you don't think they're right Mm -hmm. Um, and seeing where you end up.
0: Yeah, I think back to the 2016 trials, even as a fan, it's just crazy how much it's changed and exploded. I remember doing a, we had a watch party at one of our local run specialty stores and I think I knew of like four people in the field, you know? Um, and that's actually right when I found out who you were. Okay. Yeah. Kellen, because I remember reading an article about you in runner's world and I was like, who is this? Like, why isn't anybody talking about her yet? This, she's going to be a firefighter. Like, and I started kind of following what you were doing. Um, but it's just crazy how much, well, marathoning in general, but women's marathoning too is just exploded. And, you know, I think back to the 2016 trials, I know, Kellen, you got sixth place. That's the year Alphine became a U.S. citizen. And you were, like, stuff, five months postpartum from your second baby, like, back to back. Mm-hmm. So, you know, each of you have such a different path to get here in the last four years. This looked so different for each of you. Um, so your answer is probably a little bit different, but what would this moment mean to you to make this team coming off all those experiences that have happened that we maybe know some of them but you don't put everything on social media we don't know everything you've been through
4: i think um like for me in 2016 obviously i wasn't a citizen yet uh during the marathons and i honestly hadn't even like Thought about racing marathons that much yet i didn't know that i was going to be a good marathoner um and so today uh running these trials i feel like i mean this will be my sixth marathon and i really feel like i'm beginning to get the hang of it and so um it will be super exciting to just have a really good race and master some of the things that i've been practicing and have a good race and you know it's tricky because is at least 10 women who could make mm-hmm. this team and the cost also is a factor you know the weather is going to be a factor so it will be interesting to see you know how everything unfolds because you could analyze you could imagine and all these things but once the gun goes off on, on saturday things will change and i am just excited to live every moment of it and i hope that i remember you know like just how privileged I am to be on the start line because this last couple of years for me have been very challenging. Um, You know, I've been one injury after another and like I was just thinking last night and I'm like, I am so grateful like right now for the first time I actually trained for two marathons and came out of it healthy, you know, because I ran New York off of eight weeks of training and then I haven't had any problem ever since except when they were talking about the scratchy throat that I was talking about uh, that they were talking about earlier. <laughs> but like. You know, I have never had to miss a day because I, was, uh, I wasn't feeling good or I was injured, and so it is good. I, I mean, I wasn't sure if I would be able to make it to this deadline healthy, but to know that I am as healthy as I can be and that everything went well, I did everything that my coach asked me to do, it's just super exciting, and yeah.
0: And she says eight weeks of training running 228 in New York. I mean, that's, that's really exciting to then be able to build off of that. I'm
4: just that cool, Lindsay. <laughs> 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 but no, I—I I mean, I—I I think that they say that marathons, um, you know, you perform on race day based off of what you've done, you know, for years. And yeah. even though I had eight weeks before New York, it wasn't just those eight weeks. You know, it was the training that I had done the prior years. You know, so yeah.
3: I guess I'll go next. Um, so I ran my first marathon in 2008. And then just kind of like giving the distance a a try. And then really 2011, um, Houston is where I ran 229. And I think like that um, set me up for being like, this is my event, like I'm a marathoner. And I really started to believe that, you know, so for the last nine years, essentially that's what I have been working towards. And for various reasons, um, each of the last, Uh, two trials I've either been a part of not been a part of and for me um, I have run over 10 marathons and I feel like I understand the distance and I and I know it but what I'm really just excited about is that I don't think I've reached my potential in the marathon and that's very easy to say like I haven't run my best one but like I deep down really believe that for various reasons I just all my other distances, like just, I've not translated those races and those results to like what I should be doing in the marathon. Um, And so for me, like this is just another opportunity to do that and although everyone has known that I've said like I don't want making an Olympic team to define my career, like don't let me fool you, that doesn't mean that's not the biggest goal of my career and that's what gets me out the door and like motivates me and fires me up and I think what I guess I can be proud of is I could not have worked any harder this last training cycle. There's nothing more that I could have done. Uh, it's the hardest training block I've ever had. And so regardless of what the result is on Saturday, like I'm going to walk away proud knowing that I prepared as best as I can and we'll just have to see what that translates to on race day. Yeah. Do you feel like,
0: I know Chicago was, you know, not quite as fast as you wanted to run it, but was it a confidence booster in the same because you still bettered your time and had a strong race even though you weren't feeling the best, you know, towards the end.
3: Yeah, I mean, I guess I would say like again, it's hard to be like that's not what I'm capable of because you can only say it for so long. You have to do it, but for how much for how bad I felt in that race, it was very encouraging to be able to run 227 like kind of feeling like garbage for mile two so um I guess it just showed me like I know how to grind when I need to and sometimes people almost um it's alarming when you go into a race and you don't feel good because you expect it to feel good and then sometimes you don't have a, a great result because of that but I've I guess a blessing in my career is I've felt very bad in many races in my career, but I just get the most out of myself on the day. And that's usually what I can be proud of. Like that was all I could have given.
0: What are the things you tell yourself when you're
3: feeling like that in the race? Um, I think I, it's the kind of like distinguishing that you don't have to feel good when you're fit like you know you can do something even though uh your mind is telling you you don't feel good like if you have fitness behind you and you've done the work you can get through it um it's different than like oh i didn't have a good build-up or i was injured and i don't actually have a lot to pull from For me, it's like you don't have any excuses, everything went well, so even if you don't feel good, like you have to run through that um, and still make smart decisions in the race. And yeah, I think I've just been able to do that a lot in my career and sometimes it's not good enough on the day and and sometimes uh, it is good enough. So I think just kind of being able to like weather those um, negative thoughts that might creep into your head and even though you don't feel good, that doesn't mean that you can't like still produce a great result.
0: Yeah, I think that's so true. I think, you know, and this translates to the everyday runner like so many times people are like, well, I just didn't have it that day. So I kind of just like let it let it be. But if you did the work and you're fit, like, why don't you go ahead and see what it feels like and what you can actually do, even if you feel like garbage?
3: Yeah, I think people forget, like, just because we train really hard, the race is still a lot harder. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to hurt a lot more than training and remembering that feeling that, Just because I'm prepared, it doesn't mean it's going to come easy. Like, you still need to go through a lot of pain and a lot of suffering in that race.
0: Are you guys ready to suffer? (laughs) Always.
2: That's the marathon. Um, So I think that, for me, the the marathon was never in my plans. When I think back to when I started running and, like, ran in college, decided to do it post-collegiately, I said, I am never running a marathon. This is not, I'm not going to do it. It doesn't sound fun. I didn't run the 10K in college sounds awful um but you know things kind of went the way that they did and i did do one um and it went decently well and you know got to 2016 and that went okay it didn't go as well as i would have liked it to have went um but for me now in 2020 i feel like it's just kind of like the culmination of all those years um building off of one another um kind of getting me to this point that i never knew that i wanted to be at um and i mean that's that's what it's all about you know it's just kind of putting yourself in it and seeing what happens you know all you can do is your best on the day Um, prs don't matter when you're on the start line it just matters what you do in that moment so you know that's that's what i'm here for that's what i'm here to do is just kind of prove my fitness and i don't know see what happens
0: was there anything, I know it's four years ago, gosh, it's, it's so long, but it seems so yesterday as well. Time goes goes by so fast, but um, is there anything from the 2016 trials that you're like, that you learned that you're like, I'm not going to do that, or I want to do it this way this time, or just mentally that you want to change anything?
2: I mean, the 2016 trials, that was my second marathon, you know, so I was very inexperienced in the distance. Um, you know, I went in with a good head and very confident. Um... Thinking that I could make that team and that I was going to make that team, which I think is fine. I think that's how you should go into any race. Um, But, you know, if you look at race strategy and the things that I did in that race, you could say, well, maybe if you didn't make that move, maybe you would have made the team. Maybe you would have finished fifth. Maybe you would have finished fourth. Maybe I would have finished 10th. You know, you could say all sorts of things, but I don't know what the answer to that would be. You know, maybe six was the best. Maybe what I did me the best result that I was gonna get on that day Um, but I have learned to kind of I guess listen to listen to it myself and what I think is the right move at that moment Um, I think I've gotten a little bit better at that not necessarily perfect you know I ran Prague and went out in 111 and I didn't plan to do that but you know it still ended up okay you know it's one of those things like Steph said where you just feel like garbage and you just have to push through um I look at that race and I think of that as one of my one of my prouder marathons um just because I what I had to go through in order to get there um but then I look at New York where I made the decision to stay back um, and not go when the pace was pushed and I think that that was probably a good decision you know um so you know, I don't. I don't know if I take a whole lot from it necessarily, but just through experiences as a whole, um, marathon. Because this is now my, I think, ninth marathon that I'll be participating in.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. That was only your second marathon.
2: Wow, it's weird to think about now. Yeah. I'm like man, that was only my second marathon. Um, yeah. Now I feel like an old lady here on the start line, but a lot's
0: <laughs> happened. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, y- yeah. The thing about your group that. I, and maybe I, I just have, like, a soft heart for it so much because I'm close in age to you guys. I'm 36, and um, there's a maturity to it, you know, and in and, and your messaging as well that, that really resonates with me, and I'm sure a lot of other people that are following you. Um, and I know, Kellen, we talked about this a little bit in, in the New York uh, live show we did before New York. And, I, you know, I, <laughs> before that show, at that show, I was like, I know this is irrelevant to the New York City Marathon, but I, I have this like infatuation with fostering and I just, um, I just eat these stories up and I read them. And at one point in my life, I know I want to do that. So I'm super um, just drawn to that story that you have decided that regardless of what you're training for and running in that part of your life, that like that's something you want to do. And running doesn't define your entire life. But what is the balance? Because it it does define a lot of your life, but obviously, like, you know, these babies and these kids that you want to provide a home for, that matters a lot.
2: Right. Um, You know, I think that's something that we kind of have to figure out with each kid that we get because they're all different. Um, They have different things that they need and different routines and, you know, different little quirks or things that they do that we're like, okay, well, I guess we're waking up, you know, at all hours of the night if it's a newborn. Um, but, um, I think that for me, I like to have my run, my running is important when I'm doing it. Mm. Like when I'm there, I'm present and I'm getting the work done. Like that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm thinking about. I'll get it done and I'll do it to the best of my abilities on that day. But then the second that it's done, like I'm done, like, Mm. Unless I have to go and do like an appointment or something else that's related to it, then I kind of separate myself from that life. Um, So, you know, I can be present in whatever else it is that I'm doing. Um, And I think that's important. I think that's a good way for me, at least, to find balance um, in my life and not feel like it's a burden. Um, You know, it's a choice. It's a choice. Both of them are choices. So choosing to foster, you know, I'm not naive. You know, I knew that it was going to be hard. I knew that it was going to be a disruption um, and change, ever changing, I guess. Um, and running, you know, running is demanding. So combining the two don't necessarily they don't mesh well. Mm. Um, but where there's a will, there's a way. That's I'm a pretty firm believer in that. Like if you want something bad enough, you can find a way to make it work. Um, there might have to be some give on some, one of the ends at some time or another, but it goes both ways. I love that. Alaphine,
0: I'd love to talk about um, what you love to do outside of running. We know you love to crochet.
4: <laughs> You've been making lots of hats. How many have you made? I actually don't know. Probably about 500, but I, I lost count. I never did count anyway um
0: are you selling a lot it seems like you have like you've got your little shop set up and you're
4: making it happen yeah i am selling a lot i think since i started my 80s shop i've sold at least 150 wow yeah
0: yeah i think that that is such a cool story too just when you were going through your injury and like running takes up so much of your life like you find something else to put that to put your passion into because What are you going to do? How did you discover that? And and what's your message to someone who might be going through that same thing?
4: I think that, um, you know, for a very long time, when I was in college, you know, I was running and I was a student, just like... When I'm not running, I'm in school. I'm concentrating on school, so I always had something else to do. And when I was in Kenya and I wasn't running, I had chose to help my family and all that. So there was never a time that I wasn't running and I wasn't doing something else. And so when I had my stress fracture and I was told that I needed six to eight weeks, that just didn't sit well with me it was like what am i gonna do and the first day i um started pinching on watching grace anatomy and that was the longest day of my life (laughs) and it was (laughs) 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 it was really really long but like and then i thought i need to do something else and i discovered crocheting along the way and it was really cool because you know i poured my heart and you know soul in it and like for a while actually because i was in santa fe new mexico i wasn't in flagstaff with my teammates i completely forgot about my running life you know because um, i was on crutches my boyfriend met me you know half crutches on and so i couldn't really walk much so i just concentrated on crocheting i went to bed really really late and i already go to bed late so i was going to bed like at 3 a.m and then i'll get up at 7 excited to start crocheting again and that was really cool because it didn't. St- I do. I wasn't stressed out about running until when they were running USS. Um, that was the day that I got so excited for them. Uh, you know, when they were racing, like I got super excited. I was yelling at the TV, uh, <laughs> cheering on. I remember even doing a recording of me like yelling at Kelly and I'm thinking, "Oh, my voice is horrible." <laughs> um, but anyway, like from when I d- like had my injury uh, up until that point, I wasn't just thinking about running, and then. You know, now that I am healthy and I'm running, I just can't imagine not crocheting. And so like in between runs, I'm home crocheting. And then I started sewing the other day and I made myself a dress, but then I actually didn't complete it. And then I thought, why not make my boyfriend a shirt? And I started making it until it was time to make the sleeves. And then it was too stressful. (laughs) And seriously, I know this kind of sucks, but I got so stressed out that I couldn't sleep (laughs) Because I was trying to make this shirt work, <laughs> it was so stressful, and then I decided I was like, okay i have I know that the goal right now is to make the Olympic team to go race the trials, and <laughs> I cannot believe I'm giving myself extra stress that I don't even need and so I stopped that project, and now it's at home, poor thing, just laying on the table, you know I'm talking about my poor dress, you know <laughs> you revisited the after time. the I race know. on Saturday I was like, what are you you could've had a sleeveless shirt. <laughs> <It> <laughs> I know. It would have been amazing. That was the plan all along, but then it was just too stressful, and I feel like a failure now. But <laughs> but that's okay. And so for someone who is going through, you know, like especially professional athletes, because a lot of us maybe don't have anything else to do, I'll just highly encourage that you find something that excites you. Maybe start a new hobby. Something that is time-consuming. Th- something that takes away your mind from running and. You know, you can enjoy life. There's more to life than just running. And I'm discovering that, you know, the old I get, um, I may not have what they have in their lives, the busy lives that they have, but I also am, um, you know, like cognizant of the fact that someday I won't be able to do this. And so I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do, you know, with my life. But at the same time, being present this time that I have And, you know, also knowing that you could wake up tomorrow and you have an injury that suddenly just came in. So just enjoy when you can, but when you can, find something else. Life is more than that. You know, read books about other things, you know, and then you realize that the world of running is so small that there's so much more that you can do outside of running and still be a normal human being. And she's saying this two days before she runs in the Olympic trials for the marathon. Oh, don't get me wrong. I'm super excited about (laughs) the trials and I'm like, I'm all in. So I'm just saying if you're not able to do what you love to do. It's a healthy perspective. It really is.
0: Um, Can we talk about the video that you're at your kid's school? The Trojan Trot?
3: What is it? Um, give it all you got. Trojan truck. Give it all you got. I mean, that yeah. was the cutest thing. I'm I've sad ever seen. Kellen wasn't there because she would have been running down the hall too because oh. her daughter goes to that school. Oh, your
0: daughter goes to that school. Mm-hmm. Well, and you had another mom that's running the trials. Is there, was her name Lindsay? Uh, yeah,
3: her actually. Her daughter is in Riley's class. Oh, So fun. we're the same classroom. Yeah.
0: Oh my gosh, that was so cute. Well, what? How do you feel about um, your boys being out on the course and you know? I know you have a ton of people staff out there supporting you 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 guys do too Um, I know your mom's gonna be out there and she's been very sick so what does it mean to you to have all those people in your life out there supporting you
3: yeah you know I am a little different than these ladies I am a running nerd to the core and um, I've known that for a very long time and running definitely has um, I have an emotional attachment to it I think from you know things with losing my dad and just all that like running kind of provided for me um there is more to running but running is a, a huge part of my life and uh it i have centered a lot of my life around it um it allowed me to meet my husband ben and you know bring my two kids into this world and so yeah for me i just think um Having the people that have supported me along the way when there were times where maybe they would have said, hey, you know, like you're having a lot of struggles or having a lot of setbacks. Maybe you should like move on and do something else. Um, I think what that did to me is say, okay, I don't wanna move on, but is there something else I can maybe like develop alongside? Because I have always felt like it would be a waste of my life if I just trained and I just ran. Um, and I think that's what motivated me like when we started Picky Bars, because I wanted professional athletes to see, hey, if I was injured and I didn't have anything else to think about, like what could I be doing? And in a way, I hope it has you know, made athletes see that they can do something outside of just train full time. You do not need to sit on the couch or your bed all day long and think like that's the ideal recovery. There are many ways to recover. Um, and yeah, I think that, um, That's probably, like, also the reason why, like, in the running community, I just care so much about this sport that I want to leave it better than when I got here. Um, And so that's the reason why, like, I'm always reaching out to people. I'm always, like, sending messages. A lot of my social media messaging is I'm thinking about the circumstances that I'm in and how that could apply to the pro, the masses. And And I do think many people can, we can resonate with one another no matter, like, how fast you run a marathon, you know, there's a lot of like overlap uh, and parallels that we all feel. So, um, yeah, I kind of rambled a little bit there, but yeah, I just think I have a, a little different relationship with running that it my life does very much revolve around it. Um, I know there is more to life, but I've, I don't want to trivialize the meaning for it because it is very powerful and it has, I think, allowed me to get through a lot of things in life that I don't think if I had running, I yeah, maybe I would have gone down a, a different path. Yeah, well, two things. Um, you are rocking the social
0: media. I was when I was prepping for this, my husband was scrolling through your your feed, and she was. He was like, "Oh, she knows what she's doing over here. She's got a message, and it's it's true. I mean, I've read lots of your posts and felt it resonated with me. You know, lots of them have. Um, and I just wonder, you know, as a mom myself, I think back to what it feels like to be in that postpartum haze, you know? And I think, you know, about in between my children and then, um, you know, how close together your boys were. And looking back, I mean, that's four years ago, right? Your youngest is four. (laughs) Like, does this feel like it's so far away from that moment? I mean,
3: you've been through so much in that time. It does. Um, you know, I think only when you're a parent, you can say this, like it was, um, hell for many months, (laughs) you know, the like sleep deprivation and just feeling like you'll never get your body back and that your life, you'll never get your head above water. Like that's what it felt like. But it's also similar to what Kellen said. Like it is a choice for me. Being a professional runner is a choice and a privilege. Uh, taking a break to start a family is a choice and a privilege. And I think sometimes, you know, we have, we have a lot of that discussion in our sport, you know, with our companies. And I was fortunate that Hoka and, and Easy Elite decided to keep supporting me through pregnancy. But I was kind of like, you know, I couldn't fault them if they wouldn't have, because it is a choice to do all these things that we're doing, and I remind myself that. Um, so for me, I think I've just wanted to, like, make the most up of the opportunity I, uh, the opportunities I've had. And when I look back, um, cheering Kellen on and Scott Smith and our old teammate Matt and Ben at the trials and I'm like breastfeeding Hudson and I'm like, I don't know, how am I ever gonna get back out on the other side of that start line? Um, It's pretty cool to know that sometimes you just need more time and I just needed more time. And if I was willing to like put in the work and um, make those hard choices that I would be able to get here four years later, be healthy and yeah, with a chance.
0: I'm so excited for you. I'm excited for each one of you. Um we're going to wrap up here so that we can talk with the men's team as well and coach Ben, but um I was thinking about this as I was prepping and I think about my podcast and you know when I create an in, like how I want to do an interview or when I reach out to people I think like I want this to be meaningful. Like I want someone to listen to this and um, you know, have confidence in what they want to do the next day or just have a meaningful experience with it. And I would assume that you all feel the same about your running career. You know, people are watching what you're doing and they're seeing what you're posting. And um, I just love to hear like, what do you want people to hear loud and clear when they see you compete and see you get after it day after day and work through these, you know, some nights you're not sleeping well, you're just getting after it anyway. So what, what do you want that message to the fans to be?
3: I think mine would be, um, that like your story and your timeline matter. Um, I think in the running world, we can fall into the comparison trap a lot and whether that's at the pro level or, you know, the masses like oh, well, my training partner, is doing this and then they're running this in the race or, um, you know, I'm meeting them at 6am, but maybe you're a stay at home mom and maybe they are working 20 hours a week. And so they have, you know, more time recover. And so, and you're also finding that when you're seeing, Oh, women are getting better as they get older. How is she doing this at the age of 36 at the age of 40? I think you have to look at when did that person start running? Like when did their story start and unfold? And that's like really crucial to, probably having confidence and, like, belief in yourself because sometimes you will have someone who's like, man, I didn't have the times in high school and in college. Like, what right do I have to be a professional runner? If you want something, like, just go out and work for it um, and don't let... Uh, don't let people kind of put you in a box. Or if you're like, oh, I've always been a marathoner, but I want to try to run the 10K and the 5K. Well, go try and do that, you know? And and don't care if you don't have the times on paper or something doesn't look like you should be able to achieve it. I think you just have to, like, break out of that mold. And, And I always think, like, if you want this life and you haven't been living it, like, you can always start tomorrow. You always have a chance to, like, redefine your narrative tomorrow if you really are willing to do so.
2: I mean I'll, I agree with pretty much everything that she said. Um, I think that you know a lot of people that kind of look in from the outside they think that we lead these completely in like separate lives from what they live but you know we're not a whole lot different. Like this is our job and like we put a little bit more dedication into it in some circumstances um, just with the workload that we have to do and whatnot but You know, we still wake up and maybe get sick and have bad races, have good races, um, have families, have jobs. Um, You know, we're not a whole lot different. Um, So like Steph said, like, don't put limitations on yourself because of your circumstances, because of, you know, your job, your family, whatever. If you want it, you can have it.
4: My message would resonate more with people uh, in my mother country, um, Kenya, especially rural Kenya, because I was just thinking, like, I grew up in a community where, like, at the time, school was very, very new. I'm the first one in my village to um, graduate from college. I remember when I was a little girl, if you saw people who graduated from high school, you thought they completed school. You thought, wow, they were done with school, and at the time, one th- I don't even remember any girl who made it past eighth grade and a a lot of women you know like uh, a lot of girls uh, got teen pregnancies you know like my older sister for instance she got pregnant when she was in seventh grade um and i'm second and so in my family there was also there was always the fear that i might not even be able to get to eighth grade um because again a lot of people are getting pregnant that young but thanks to running it was if it wasn't for running i probably would be you know, in a village, uh, in my village right now, probably with eight children and, you know, struggling to make ends meet, not knowing how I'm going to feed my children, but running has taken me so far that I, I never even thought that I would be able to, um, to be where I am today. And uh, it was just running an education. And so for those little girls in my village, I just want to tell them that their dreams are valid. You know, if it doesn't matter, What your parents say it doesn't matter if your family is very very poor but if you have a dream and if you can um follow through with that dream and just work really really hard you can be whatever you want to be um i mean look at us today we are uh, look at me today i'm in the biggest stage that i ever imagined i don't even think i actually imagined to be in a stage like where i am right now the state that i'm going to race in this weekend and now with social media, you know, a lot of people from my village are able to follow what I am doing. And they just think that I, I have a really cool life, which I do. But, I mean, I don't know if they understand how hard I have had to work, how many sacrifices I've had to make. I haven't seen my family for the last 10 plus years. I've only seen my family twice. And, um uh, you know, sometimes I wonder why I do this, but I'm just like, I'm I'm trying to do this to inspire my family and to infi- inspire those generation of girls in my village so that when I do go back, hoping that I can make this thing, then I can go back and say, look, I am an Olympian. I went to college. I made it through high school, actually, uh, without getting pregnant. I made it through college, and now I went to the Olympics, and so you can do running, and you can also go to school, and, you know, I, I don't know. I just get passionate about it, but yeah i think my message to those girls is your dreams are valid don't put any limitations on yourself
0: i think that's a good that's a good place to end that's a great message ladies best of luck on saturday i'm so excited to cheer for you and thank you so much for your time all right thanks so much everybody for tuning in today best of luck to anybody racing the trials and Thank you to the Northern Arizona Elite Team for chatting with me today. Big thanks to Tracker for supporting this podcast episode. Go to InsideTracker.com and use the code ANOTHER for 10% off your order. All right, everybody, have a great Friday. Have a wonderful rest of your weekend. And as always, I will see you next Friday.